Watch your mouth. We were uh, talking this week in staff meeting, and one of the somebody in staff meeting, I remember, said, "What? What are you talking about this week?" And I said, "Shut your mouth." And they're like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry." So I changed the title to "Watch Your Mouth" because it felt like it was a little strong. I didn't want everybody to to get their feelings hurt. So this morning, how many of y'all love tongue twisters? You ever do that in the car? We do that in the car. We play around and we have different tongue twisters. And so um, I've got some up here on the board, and I want you to practice with me. I, I don't think of any of them will create inappropriate words for church. I tried not to do that. So let's, uh, can you throw one up for me? All right, y'all ready? Six, sleek, swans. All right, faster, ready? Yeah. Hey, you signed that really well. Good job. Awesome. Notice I'm not saying it because I don't want to say it out loud. All right, so the next one we got. All right, Gary, how much caramel? Yeah. That's a lot lot of cans and cannons and caramel. Awesome. All right, one more. Oh, y'all got this one. Yeah, keep going. A little louder. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, I can't even do the first phrase, so I just quit. I, they do this in the car so they can make fun of me because I get twisted really quickly. All right, last one. There's one, like a little change on the words for you. How much would? Yeah, yeah, see? It's not so easy standing up in front of people talking, is it? Oh, man, words. Y'all know the phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may never hurt me. We all know that to not be true, right? That words really can do immeasurable harm. One of the things that we've learned recently is scientists believe that any time that you verbalize anything, any time that there's a sound wave that goes, that that sound wave never actually ends. That at some point that we'll be able to have the appropriate equipment that whenever we get to that place that literally we will be able to capture every sound wave. That's kind of scary. Think about it for us is that every word that we've ever uttered for all eternity is forever spoken. That once it leaves your mouth, it cannot be brought back. As a parent, as a pastor, as a counselor, as a husband, As a friend, as a child of my parents, those moments that you speak things can never be, those things can never be taken back. They're scary, exactly. But how many times do we say something in the heat of the moment and out it comes and literally with verbal vomit and once it's out, It can't be taken back and the harm that can be done. This morning, James talks to us about that, and he says, listen, as as followers of Jesus, this is probably, of all the other things that he's talked about so far, he says, listen, this is maybe the most important thing for us as followers of Jesus is to watch after and to care for our mouth and the things that come out of it. Because the things that come out of our mouth, literally the source of them is our heart. 
that the things that we say about people in those moments, that we say about situations that we kind of utter out there whenever we just kind of throw things out, that that is really and truly a reflection of our heart. And so whenever the pressure of life happens and someone cuts you off in a turn lane or someone does something at HEB or Walmart or wherever you're at, and all of a sudden, boom, and you just kind of, those words can't come back. And the bigger thing is, is that's truly where your heart is and what you're thinking and who you are shows your character so this morning let's talk about james and what he talks about as far as watching your mouth and all throughout scripture there's a variety of different words that scripture uses for the mouth that describes our tongue as evil and wicked and deceitful and perverse and filthy corrupt flattering slanderous gossiping foolish boasting none of us boast right complaining we never do that contentious cursing and vile and i think one of the most um, visual is that the tongue is described as an arrow, not as a dagger or a sword, but as an arrow, because it can cause harm and inflict wounds and kill from a great distance. We can kill someone from a great distance with the words that we use. What a powerful image for us is that everything that we utter carries great distance and destroys and destructs, even to the point of killing. James, again, talks about how from the heart these things come up. So as we look at your Bibles, it's going to be on the screens in James chapter 3, starting in verse 1. It says this, Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers. This teachers is literally a rabbi, someone who, who's in front teaching Scripture all the time, because you know that those who teach will be judged more strictly. I was thinking about this the other night. I was sitting with several church people at the LaGrange game, and there was some colorful language going on. I mean, you guys in LaGrange have some great passion for football. In the moments of stress, some great, colorful descriptions of the coaches and of the referees, just like, whew, it's out there. It's exciting to hear some of that stuff. Your speech is powerful. It's extremely powerful. Verse 2, we are stumble in many ways. Any of y'all stumbled this week in your personal walk? Let's raise hands. Because why? No perfect people are allowed where? Here. All of us have struggled this week in some way or another. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect. And this is the idea of not just completely perfect, like we've never made a mistake, but this idea of maturity. That as we begin to mature in our walk with Christ, that we begin to, our heart is changed and as it's transformed and cleansed and purified, that we get to this place of maturity that we can contain ourselves in those moments. Why? Because the source of our joy is Jesus. It's not the circumstances around us. And we understand that, that life is going to happen. And in many cases, things that maybe in once that would kind of just fly out, Whenever things don't go our way, we begin to hold them back and realize, listen, the things that I say are extremely powerful. They can bring life and they can bring death. So we're not those that are gotten to a point of maturity in their walk with Christ. Anyone who is never at fault is, can you go back for me? I'm actually following the screen. Go back a little bit. There we go. Anyone who's never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole bodies in check. In other words, what James is saying is, listen, the mouth is the mirror of your heart. And that whenever you begin to speak and whenever you're at different places and you say things, you, maybe you have some jokes, some off-color things, or maybe you have some, 
some things about different ethnicities that you kind of struggle with and you kind of let some of that leak here and there. What James is saying is that's a reflection of your heart and who you truly are. Begin to watch and to guard your mouth because you're showing off your heart. Verse 3. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. So James is saying, listen, here's some illustrations. I'm not, I, don't, I don't hang around horses very much, but I've seen a lot of westerns. I'm a big John Wayne fan, and so I know, hey, the bit in the mouth is extremely important. And I've done a little research to know that no matter how old a horse is, if you want it to do what you want it to do, you've got to put a bit in the mouth to give it direction and to steer it. And if you want a ship, ship has a very small rudder. I was able to, a few years ago, actually be on the Enterprise, the big nuclear um, ship. And one of the things we talked about, they even showed us, that, hey, here's a small rudder can change the direction of the ship. James has given us this illustration and letting us know, listen, little bitty small thing called your mouth and your tongue truly reflects who you are and gives direction to your entire life. Think about this as a father. Is it the words that I say to my children can bring life and can bring death? And that many of the times whenever we have those moments where we kind of spill out on our children and we, we say things in the midst of their presence or at them, because a lot of times it has nothing to do with them. It has to do with everything else that happened in the week that someone else did something to you. And so the pressure has kind of built up. And so you get to the house, and then the house is that safe place. It's the place where the true character of who you are in those moments can kind of come out and you spill it out. And, again, it maybe even does, probably even does more harm in those moments because those are the people that you love the most. Those are the people that trust you the most, and your house is supposed to be the safe place. But the day comes along, and then all of a sudden in that moment you just, I've had to do some apologizing and look at my kids and say, listen, this is not about you. It's about something else. Totally, I let up to build up. And so in this moment, you've received my frustration. And I apologize because I gave you words that didn't bring life to you as my children. And you know this is not how I feel. But my words have already been spoken. Listen, you've had a teacher. You've had a parent. You've had a coach. You've had a Bible study leader. You've had someone in your life that you've trusted. And they've spoken words to you. And sometimes those words have not been life-giving to you. In those moments, I, I pray that you would hear the words of God saying, listen, you are my child. I love you. I care for you. You're my push precious. I hope that those moments whenever I've messed up as a parent that my children have this redeemed mind that just forgets those things. And I know hopefully that will happen. But the things that we say in those moments just spew out and can do life-changing harm. Proverbs 16 Verse 23 and 24 says it this way. The hearts of the wise make their mouths prudent, and their lips promote instruction. Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. We must resist the inclination and the natural desire to boast and to brag about ourselves. In those moments when we're boasting and bragging, what we're doing is we're putting others down so that we can feel better about ourselves instead of finding opportunities to speak life-giving words to others. 
in those moments, whenever you see something about someone else and you begin to, to judge them in those moments, you're beginning to lift yourself up and to boast about yourself so you can feel better about yourself in that moment, find something positive. Find something positive and begin to speak life-giving words into that person's life. It will be changing your attitude and who you are and begin to change the heart and what flows out. The second thing is this is that James tells us is your speech is corrupt and needs to be tamed. Follow along with me, verses 5 and following. It says, Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes a great boast. Consider what a great forest fire, forest is set on fire by a small small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, and it sets itself on fire by hell. All kinds of animals and birds and reptiles and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man. But no man can tame the tongue. It's a restless, literally unstable, fully of deadly poison. Your speech is corrupt and needs to be tamed. 1871, Miss O'Leary, her little cow kicked over a lantern, and what happened? All Most of Chicago is gone. A few years ago in Colorado, young lady working for the Parks and Recreation Department, broken up with her husband, broken up with her boyfriend, and um, had a love letter that she was going to write, and she'd written it, and she was going to send it off, and she decided not to because of the the, um, the pain in the midst of the relationship. She took that little letter, started a fire, and put it in the fire pit and drove off. Guess what happened? Millions upon millions of damage from one little bitty fire that got outside of the container. Had that happen time after time in Colorado. It seemed like every summer someone would, there would be a fire and it was burning up millions, millions of dollars worth of homes and doing destructive damage. And why? Because someone allowed fire to get outside of the container. Our tongues are just like that. There are times that we can speak something and spark something and radically change someone's heart, even change the direction of their life for good and for bad. Matthew chapter 12, verses 33 through 37 Jesus kind of follows up with this and kind of goes deeper. He says, make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. So you know what an apple tree is. Why? Because there's awesome. You know what an orange tree is because there's, you know what a follower of Jesus is because there's fruit. Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. We begin to watch our mouth and begin to see what the changes are in there. You brood of vipers. This is not a good term. So someone walks up to you and says, hey, you brood of vipers. Know that they're not not, uh, saying good things about you. How can you who are evil say anything good? Now, Jesus is literally talking to the teachers of the day. Hey, you brood of vipers, how can you who are evil Say anything is good. For the mouth speaks, say this with me, what the heart is full of. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And let's be honest with each other. There are those moments where we don't say something out loud, but it's right there. It's right there. And and I, I applaud myself in those moments for not saying it. But even in those other moments, God says, listen, 
the fact that you even had to swallow it says something about your heart. That it's still in the midst of being chiseled away. It's still in the midst of being worked on. It's still in the midst of being turned from stone into something soft. That you can see people and deal with things in life and that it gets there and you stop. Great. It's part of the movement. It's part of the journey. But to move from there to say, listen, it's not even coming up anymore. That stuff is not even being reflected back out of me. Proverbs 12.6 describes it this way. Sorry. Keep going. One more. One more. Proverbs 12.6. One more. Throw them for a loop. The words of the wicked lie in wait for blood, but the speech of the upright rescues them. We are known by the way that we talk. What we say tells people who we really are. In those moments when life gets stressful, that stuff comes out of you. That's truly, truly who you are. Continuing on in James chapter 3, look at verse 9 with me. It says, when the tongue, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not, literally should not not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Our speech is contaminated and compromised and needs to be cleaned up. Proverbs 11 um, Proverbs 11, verse 12 and 13. Is there one before that? Whoever derides their neighbor has no sense, but the one who has understanding holds their tongue. A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. Listen, if you come to someone, let's say a pastor, and you share your burdens and share your heart, what do you hope that they not do? Blab it. Right? blab it. You hope that they don't. Listen, I'm in a place in my life where you can tell me something and I cannot remember it. So you are safe with me. There are times that Becky will ask me something and I will go to the bedroom and think that I'm going to do it and I'll come back and say, now what did you just ask me to do? So listen, you can share your heart with me and in a good way I'll pray with you in that moment and literally it is as far from the east as from the west. It is gone. No judgment here because I can't remember. All right? But that's what a friend is. Is a friend is someone that you can share that stuff of life. You can share the struggles, the, the things, and you can really truly who be, you, who, be who you are in those places. And they'll keep a secret. Why? Because they love you. They care about you. And they understand that they've got their own stuff and their own secrets that they're walking through and struggling with. That you're... As iron sharpens iron. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Proverbs twenty four twenty six says it this way. An honest answer is like a kiss on the lips. As a dad, I love honesty. I love honesty. I want my kids to be honest no matter how much trouble that my kids think they're going to be in. I love honesty. I want for them to know that they can be honest and that it's going to be okay. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. 
as a father, as a friend, as a pastor, as someone who's done a lot of coaching for, for young kids, I've learned that my words have an extreme amount of power. There have been those moments where I'm coaching young guys and they're, they're already down on themselves. They've, they've made an error, they've missed a block, or they've done whatever, and they know. They know that they've messed up, right? So I've learned just to come up and put my arm around them say, hey, you got it next time? Yeah, coach, I got it. I'm like, cool. Go get it. For us, this last week we admitted we stumbled. We know we stumbled. How important is it to have someone come alongside and put their arm around you? Hey, you got it next time? And that's what God's whispering. It's not like at Chuck E. Cheese where you got the sharks popping up and God's like, I can't wait. I can't wait for them to make a mistake because as soon as Chris makes a mistake, wham, oh, yeah, I got Chris again. Okay, Chris is going to make another mistake. It's Tuesday at 10. This is usually when he messes up. Oh, here he goes, Boom, yeah. Well, we, we see God as this, this person who's just waiting to catch us. And to pop us on the head because that's where we've, we've learned that somewhere that he's, he wants to catch us and get us in trouble. And it, you've learned it in church, Sunday school, your, maybe your parents did you that way. They, they raised you by guilt. And so you got this idea of like, who okay, God's ready. And he's like, boom. And as soon as he's got, listen, God's saying, listen, I messed up again, huh? Yeah. Yeah, you missed your block. Yeah, you didn't get down on the ball like you should. But you think you can get it next time? Yeah, coach. Go get it. Get back in the game and go get it. Listen, we're going to stumble this week. We're going to say things. We're going to think things that are truly not of the heart of God. The journey for us is as we begin to just think through what James is talking about, how practical our speech is and how practical even our thoughts are, is to know that they're coming from here and to stop them and allow that to break our hearts. And say, God, I, I, I repent of that attitude. I repent of that thought process. And God, I want to see them as you see them. I literally want to weep over my neighbors. I don't care what's how they're different from me or why they're different from me, I want to weep over them. May I watch my mouth. May I watch my thoughts begin to care for them. Because God's saying, listen, you're going to stumble. But we got this. Good game. Go get back in. Let's pray together. Father, your word says, even fools are thought wise if they keep silent. In other words, God, if we don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. Father, I pray that our hearts, you would chisel away at them a little bit more this week. Those people over there, those thoughts that we struggle with, Lord, may you just continue to chisel away. 
None of us have arrived. None of us will. Father, may our mouths, may our mouths bring life and not death. May our mouths bring encouragement, not discouragement. Father, may you be honored by the words that we say this week. May they bring you glory and honor and fame. For it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen.